NPR. To Martin Wolf, democracy is in trouble. We see very clear erosion of the legitimacy of and the functioning of democratic norms in high-income developed countries, above all the US, and to a lesser extent, the UK. Martin Wolf is the chief economics commentator for the Financial Times, and he has a new book out today in the US, The Crisis of Democratic Capitalism. Martin thinks this erosion of democratic norms is driven by upheavals in the economy. For one thing, we're not getting better at producing as much stuff and services at the same pace as we used to. Productivity growth has collapsed almost across the developed world. And if the society isn't getting richer, then the only way some people become richer is if other people get poorer. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods. Today on the show, why Martin Wolf thinks democratic capitalism might be in deep trouble and what he thinks could be done about it. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Babson College. Discover Babson College's Master of Science and Management in Entrepreneurial Leadership Program, an intensive nine-month journey that equips recent college graduates with practical skills for today's dynamic business landscape. Tackle real-world challenges and emerge with a problem-solving mindset. Whether you choose to start your own business or innovate within a corporation, a master's from Babson will help launch your career forward. Apply today at babson.edu slash msleader. Democratic capitalism has been the standard arrangement for most high-income countries for the last 80 years. But Martin Wolf sees the system as a very fragile marriage, and partly that's because of his personal background. My parents were both refugees from Hitler, and they got out successfully. But in both my parents' case, their wider families, which were very large, were all killed in the Holocaust. I became convinced that a crucial element in the collapse of the German attempt, above all, at democracy was the Great Depression, though there had been in the 20s already the hyperinflation, so that already destabilized the society and economy. It was during the Great Depression that the Nazi vote jumped from almost nothing to 33% of the vote. So I have always seen a very close link between economic experiences and politics. Martin sees capitalism in crisis because of a few threads. First, the lower productivity that's been particularly pronounced after the Great Recession of 2008, but also the decline in manufacturing jobs. In 1970, they were about one in three civilian jobs in the US. Now it's halved to about one in six. Deindustrialization, combined with the deunionization of the economy too, has basically disposed of the large parts of the old organized working class. And that seems to me a huge change that has happened. Add to that mix high inequality and the low social mobility many Americans are experiencing now. They don't expect their lives to get better and they don't expect their children's lives to get better. You see it most strikingly in the opioid crisis in the US and the decline in life expectancy. That creates, I think, inevitably a lot of anger and a lot of conflict, if you like, fighting over the spoil at the, at the lower parts of the income distribution. They become more suspicious 
of people below them because they fear they're trying to take away the benefits they've had from society. And in in a society where racial differences are large, I think that adds to racial tensions as well. I'm thinking here about the anger in the population. And there's also this concept called loss aversion, like the fear of losing something, whether it's it's status or or a job in a particular industry, or even just losing this future that you thought you might have had ahead of yourself, that is actually more salient to people a lot of the time than the potential gains that they could figure out there in the world. Like, I don't know, some opportunities in the face of globalization, for example. Do you think that this might be a partial explanation? Yeah, I think it's central. Uh, I was very struck that, again, in the case of the US and UK, that the, if you like, the populist right, their most successful slogans are nostalgic. So MAGA is make America great again. So it's a reference to not to a great future, but to a great past, which you want to go back to. And in the UK Brexit campaign, the great slogan, incredibly brilliant one, was take back control. Again, it refers to something we had, which we have lost. So here are people who feel that things were better in the past. Martin says to help people feel hopeful about the future again, we need to urgently reform lots of different policies, but also not to throw out the capitalist baby with the bathwater. Martin's goal is a rising, widely shared and sustainable standard of living with economic security, good jobs for those who can work and overall equality of opportunity. And I asked Martin about specifics. There is a ritual that people do every year when they want to kind of get rid of things from the past. It's New Year's Eve. And, And this year, a lot of people were making these lists. They had out and in. And so under the out list, they would write things like, sugar and staying out late and and, and under the in category, they'd write things like more dinner parties and reading more fiction and things like that. And so if you were to write one of these lists, what would be under your out heading? Well, I think the things I would want to get out are the dependence of our politics on private money. So I actually have come to the view that there must be public funding of political parties, at least to some significant degree. Out must be the most grotesque ways to avoid taxes, particularly the use of tax havens. Out would have to go the more egregious ways in which people are not insured against fundamental social risks, and that's most important in the US with the health system. In, I think there needs to be a really significant government contribution to supporting innovation. In has to be a really big effort to improve the quality of education for all our young people. You might note I don't say that we should uh, out Uh, international trade. That's really interesting. You're actually very positive about international trade. Yes, and I think there's a lot of evidence that the blaming trade for what's gone wrong is mostly, not entirely, but mostly mistaken. The impact of trade was actually relatively small compared to other more powerful forces in shifting distribution of income. If you look, for example, at the deindustrialization, that's overwhelmingly because productivity growth in industry is just 
faster than anywhere else. I w- oh, one other thing that should be in, I think I am very strongly supportive of a more aggressive competition policy. I think we made a mistake in being so relaxed about the emergence of monopolies. And I think there's quite clear evidence that that's been quite damaging. So I would like a more aggressive competition policy. That is quite a formidable New Year's list. It's quite a formidable, <laughs> and I don't, I don't expect most of it to happen. But I, what I want to do is to set forward an agenda for people to think about. We're in a very uncomfortable situation in which we have lost the consent of very significant parts of our society to our basic economic and political systems. That's terrible. It's understandable that this has happened, and we have to do something about it rather than just assume it'll all be fine in the end. Martin Wolf, it has been a very thought-provoking conversation, and thanks so much for joining The Indicator. Great pleasure. There is more of our conversation with Martin Wolf that we didn't have time for in this episode. It's available over in the Planet Money feed right now for supporters of Planet Money Plus. And if that's not you, it is very easy to sign up. You get bonus episodes from Planet Money and The Indicator, as well as access to both shows without sponsor messages. Learn more at plus.npr.org. That's plus.npr.org. This episode was produced by Brittany Cronin with engineering by Catherine Silver. It was fact-checked by Dylan Sloan. Viet Leia is our senior producer, and Kate Kincannon edits the show. The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Breast cancer cells multiply faster because of CDK4-6 proteins. But what if blocking those proteins and stopping runaway cell division was possible? Dana-Farber scientists laid the foundation for CDK4-6 inhibitors, new drugs that are increasing the survival rate for many advanced breast cancers. Dana-Farber's momentum of discovery keeps finding new ways to outmaneuver cancer. More at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Humana. Your employees are more than your coworkers. They're the heartbeat of your business. That's why Humana offers modern group benefits designed to protect employees and their families with dental, vision, life, and disability coverage. Humana knows every employee and every business is unique. That's why they listen to your needs and build plans with you and your team in mind. That's the power of human care. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.